the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now, for those of us here that are parents, our greatest joy is to see our children walking in the truth of God, following Jesus, obeying His Word, walking in His ways. For us as parents, as Christian parents, I mean, isn't that what you want for your kids more than anything? I mean, you want them to make millions of dollars so they can set you up. But beyond that, right, you want your kids to grow up to be adults who love Jesus. As Pastor Dan continues his teaching series through the book of 2 John, he'll be encouraging you to live out the principles of the Bible every day for your children and loved ones to see. It's been said that children don't get taught the gospel, but it gets caught meaning kids need to see the reality of God and the Bible lived out in their everyday lives by their parents, not just simply hearing about God. The greatest joy a parent can have is knowing their kids walk with the Lord. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 2 John chapter 1 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. to the Father. This is sometimes referred to as the Holy of Holies of the Gospels. This is the high priestly prayer of Jesus before his arrest and crucifixion. And he prays to the Father on behalf of the disciples. And in chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus says to the Father, sanctify them, the disciples, by your truth. And then he says, your word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So the word is truth. The word of God, the Bible. It's God's truth. And it says here that we're sanctified by the word. We're set apart by the word of God. We're made holy by the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. How can you clean up your life? By obeying what the Bible says. By taking heed according to your word. It it, it cleans up your life. It sanctifies you. It makes you holy by simply reading it, believing it, and obeying it. And it'll clean up your life. I know it's been true for me. I know it's been true for a lot of you here. Just the word of God has sanctified you. So going back to 2 John now, when we talk about Truth, and when John talks about truth, well, we're talking about Jesus, and we talk, we're talking about the Word of God. So now look at verse 4 of 2 John. Verse 4, we have the reason for John's joy. 
I rejoiced greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we received commandment from the Father. John rejoices greatly because somehow he has learned, doesn't tell us how, but somehow he has learned that this woman that he's writing to, that some of her children are walking in the truth. Some of her children are following Jesus. Some of her children are, are living according to the word of God and obeying the word of God. Look over in Third uh, John, verse 4. There he says, I have no greater joy, no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. No greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, for those of us here that are parents, our greatest joy is to see our children walking in the truth of God, following Jesus, obeying his word, walking in his ways. For us as parents, as Christian parents, I mean, isn't that what you want for your kids more than anything? I mean, you want them to make millions of dollars so they can set you up. But beyond that, right, you want your kids to grow up to be adults who love Jesus and walk in his ways and obey his, his word and choose to follow Christ and choose to make godly decisions for themselves and for their, their life. And when, when your children are young, my kids are kind of uh, elementary school, middle school now. But when they're real young, you know, you read them the little picture Bibles, you read them the Bible stories, you, you pray with them at night, you teach them the, the Bible songs. You know, you, ha you have the little Bible story DVDs that you play for them, and, and, and you, you, you try to teach them about Jesus Christ, and uh, you try to point them to Christ. You try to serve the Lord together as a family. And you don't do it perfectly, but you do the best you can to, to teach them about the Lord and to show them the way of the Lord. And then your hope, your hope is that at some point, something will turn on in their heart. And they'll begin to seek after the Lord on their own. And their faith in Jesus Christ will become real. And their faith in Jesus Christ will become genuine and they'll choose to follow Christ on their own because they want to follow Christ, not because you're making them follow Christ, because they live in your house and they're little and you're bigger than them and all of that. But as parents, uh, seeing your children, you know, walking in the truth is your greatest joy. And if you have children that aren't walking in the truth, it's your greatest heartbreak. No matter what, they're, what they've accomplished with their life or whatever kind of success they have, if they're not walking with Jesus and walking in His ways, it's, it's a heartbreak, you know? If you have this, this prodigal. And, and here, John, he talks about how he greatly rejoices. But look what he says. That some of your children are walking in the truth. Some of her children were walking in the truth, but not all of her children. So this, this elect lady that John writes to, she had prodigal children. She had some that were walking with the Lord, following Christ, but then she had some other children that weren't walking with the Lord, that were prodigals, and they were away from the Lord. And she, of course, was praying for them and longing for the day that they would return to the Lord and start walking with Him, just as some of you have prodigals 
and you pray for them. And your heart's desire is for them to come back to the Lord and begin following Him and walking with Him. Now look at what he says here. Verse 5. Now we have John's plea in verse 5 and 6. And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So, uh, apparently, this, uh, this woman and her family, uh, or if it's written to a church, as some think that it is, uh, this church, they're walking in truth, but they're not walking in love. They're walking in truth, but they're not walking in love. Things are out of balance in this family, or things are out of balance in this this church. And John rejoices in the fact that they're walking in the truth. That's wonderful. He rejoices in that. But, But then he says to them, your love for one another, that needs improvement. They lack love. And John knows that you need both. You need truth and love together in a family, in a church, whatever it may be. You need both, truth and love. And and I want you to see here what happens. John tells us why he's concerned about this, this imbalance between truth and love, that they've got truth, but they don't have love. He says in verse 7, look in your Bible, for, it begins with the word for, or you could say, I say this because (laughs) many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. John is concerned about this imbalance in this family or in this church, whatever the case may be. He's concerned about this imbalance they have between truth and love. They've got truth, but they're lacking in love. And he's concerned because they may be deceived by a false teacher. And in verse 8, he says, and you may not receive your full reward in heaven. Now that you're not going to heaven, but that you may not receive the full reward in heaven. He's concerned about eternity. For them. Now, remember earlier, I read from 1 Corinthians 13, that love chapter, verse 1, uh, where it talked about without love, whatever you say is just noise. It's just clanging cymbals, bang, 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 metal banging on metal. And it's irritating and it's repelling. If you have only truth without love, and it's just truth, and you're just hammering away truth. Truth, 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 truth. Clang, 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 clang. Rules, 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 rules. That's repelling. That's repelling to somebody. And, and what John is warning about here is it creates an opportunity now for a deceiver to come in. And a deceiver will come in and listen... This deceiver, they're going to come in. You know what they're going to offer? Love. Acceptance. 
no judgment, and no truth. And that person who's been repelled by truth, 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 without love, no love, no love. And I'm going to soak up that, that love and that acceptance. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. You and I know people um, who grew up in unloving homes that were very strict and very legalistic, and there was just no love there, and the, the truth was enforced. And when they became an adult, they got as far away from it as they could get. You know people like that. They don't want to have anything to do with it. Now, understand, that's not to say if you have a prodigal in your family, it's because you were unloving. It's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is it's important to make sure in our families, with our kids, in a church corporately, that we've got this balance. We don't want to compromise on truth ever for the sake of love. But we want to make sure also that we've got the proper balance of truth and love in our home. That both are there, both are present, that there's truth, that we, we've got a standard for our family, the Word of God. We, we, we're followers of Christ, and as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But we want to do this with love. And I'm preaching this as much to myself as anybody else here. Because I'm really good about laying down the law in my home. This is what it says. This is what we're supposed to do. You know, zip it up kind of thing. But there's a danger in that. There's a danger in that that John is warning about here. It's wonderful to have the truth, but you've got to make sure that you have a fullness of love as well. Or you're, you're opening a door now where those, those people, the, the, the kids or the congregation can be deceived. And I love what John does here. John simply commands us to love one another. <laughs> it's a command. It has nothing to do with feelings. In the Bible, love is an action. It's something that you do. It's not something that you feel. You know, it's something that you show. You demonstrate your love by your actions, whether you feel it or not. You know, and whether you're feeling it doesn't matter. And he, he, he hears about this family or whatever, and he, he says, hey, it's great that you've got the truth. It's wonderful. I'm rejoicing greatly to hear that your children, some of them, are walking in the truth. But you know what? You need to be loving, too. You need to have love there so that you don't leave a door open 
for deception to come in. Now, verse 9, he continues his, his warning here about the false teachers and the deceivers. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. Very plain. Remember, John's real plain. Says it straight. Back up in verse um, 7, this false doctrine that was going around in their days is people were, were saying that uh, Jesus what, didn't come in the flesh. He, he, he wasn't a human being. He didn't come as a man. They didn't deny his deity. They denied his humanity. The reason they didn't deny his deity is because there were people still alive at the time that John writes this who were eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ that saw the miracles. There was no doubt in their mind that he was God. But there were false teachers who were saying, yes, he was God, but he, he wasn't a human. He wasn't a man. And so they denied his humanity. Today, 2,000 years later, it's flipped. Where now, nobody denies his humanity that he existed. People deny his deity. The only reason people deny his deity today is because nobody's alive that saw the miracles and the works that he did. If there were, nobody would deny it. But here we're 2,000 years removed, and so now people deny his his deity. That was the particular false doctrine that was going on in that day. And he says here, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Verse 10, if anyone comes to you, this is an interesting verse. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, what do you do? Do not receive him into your house nor greet him. You ever have anybody knock on your door? Want to talk to you? What do you do? He says, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Uh, he, so he tells us here, very practical uh, information for us in verses 10 and 11. If, if someone uh, believes a false doctrine about Jesus Christ, or they, uh, they deny what the Bible teaches, or they add to what the Bible teaches, they say, oh, you you need to believe the Bible, but you also need to believe this book. Or you need to read our magazine, and then you'll really know the truth. And they show up at your door. John says, don't invite them in. Don't receive them. Don't greet them. Now, let me just set some parameters on this. <laughs> Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors, right? And the religious leaders uh, gave him a, lot, a hard time about that. He ate with sinners and tax collectors, but do you remember how he described his relationship with those sinners and tax collectors? He said, I'm as a physician coming for the sick. I came to call sinners to repentance. And so the only reason that Jesus was sharing in a meal with sinners and tax collectors was so that he could, he could call them to repentance. You know, as a physician has a relationship with a patient, that was the extent of his relationship with sinners and tax collectors as he dined with them. John is not saying here that you should have no interaction with your unbelieving neighbor or that you should never have dinner with your, your unbelieving neighbor, your unbelieving co-worker, whatever it may be. But you do so for the purpose of sharing Christ with them. You do so for the purpose of letting your light shine before them. What John is talking about here is um, accepting this person and accepting what they believe and having fellowship with them, with this person. Paul says, what, what fellowship do light and darkness have in common? The answer is none. 
In fact, in verse 11, when you look here, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds, that word shares there, it's the Greek word koinonia. It's fellowship. And what he's saying here is if, if, you're, if you're hanging out with a non-believer and it's not for the purpose of letting your sh- light shine before them or sharing Christ with them, you know, you're just kind of hanging out with them and you know they've got a different uh, uh, view of Jesus Christ or they have some kind of false beliefs about Jesus or about the Bible or they believe in some other kind of religious system and you're just, you're just kind of accepting of that and you're hanging out with them without the purpose of evangelizing them, he's saying you're validating their false view. You're validating what they believe. You're, you're in a sense, putting a stamp of approval on their, their false view, and you don't, you don't want to do that. So now verse 12, we have John's farewell. Having many things to write to you, I do not wish to do so with paper and ink but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister, so the children of her sister are somehow with John. They greet you, and he closes the letter with amen. Now now look, and we'll finish up here. John says in verse 12, I have a bunch of other things that I want to tell you, but I don't want to write them in a letter. And I'll just wait until I see you face to face and share them with you then. Now, don't you wonder what John wanted to say to them? What did John say to them face to face? Now, when you get to heaven, you find the Apostle John And you ask him two questions. Number one, who was the elect lady that you wrote that letter to? And he's going to say, you read 2 John? Not did I read it. We studied it at church all in one Sunday. We read the whole thing. Really? So you ask him who that elect lady was. The second thing you want to ask him is, what were the other things? that were so important that you wanted to tell her face to face? Please, John. Tell me those things. Let me get you a cup of coffee and let's have a seat. I want to hear it myself. That's what you can ask John when you get to heaven. In the meantime, until you get to heaven, walk in the truth and love one another. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study scripture on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of 2 John, a letter penned by the Apostle John, encouraging believers to love one another and their Savior through obedience to God. We hope you've been inspired and blessed through this message. You can be an encouragement to others around you, even in this dark world. Be the light of Christ as you go through your day, shining His perfect love to those who need hope. You could be the example that changes their life. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. 
You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number, 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series or explore more of Pastor Dan's messages from Scripture, you'll be able to find them at calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the